0: Let's do it. Let's do it. Broadcasting from around the world. You're listening to The First 100, a podcast on how founders
1: acquired their first 100 paying customers. Here's your host, Hadi Rodwan. Good to have you on the show, Valerie. How are you doing today? I'm
0: all good. Thanks for having me. I'm pretty honored to share something I hope will be useful. So, uh, let's see how it goes.
1: Let me start with a quick introduction for our listeners. Valery Pochikailov is the founder of StoryChief, a platform that allows editorial teams and social media managers to collaborate better, distribute their content faster, and measure multi-channel content performance in one place. StoryChief recently raised 3.5 million. Led by Capricorn partners. Did I miss anything, uh, Valerie, or I got that right?
0: No, it's all good. Pretty nice explanation, I think. So basically, we are a software company from Ghent, Belgium, and our technology makes content execution process very simple. And content execution is a important keyword here. So it basically, helps businesses to have control on. Over their articles, anything from creating and assigning editorial briefs to planning SEO optimization, you know, multi-channel publishing and content analytics. And the cool part about StoryTief is that it connects to like tons of different tools. Like it connects to any CMS system a company has and all of the company's social media channels. So you can publish and monitor your content um lifecycle, let's say, which is on various channels, but you can control that from one hub, from one place. And it helps you increase your digital footprint, it increase you bringing new leads and obviously new sales. And this is how we also grew by basically using our own tool. You know.
1: Walk me through your early thought process on how did you know that there's a pain point for your customers and how was Story chief born? What sort of validation did you do? Any research, yeah. any frameworks that helped you say, yes, this is a business that will probably in the future be an investable business?
0: Yeah. So basically what we did is before a story, story chief idea was born out of existing business that we had. So my co-founder and I, he's more technical engineering and I'm more like, um, visuals design and marketing and sales. So basically we were running a branding agencies for uh, more than 10 years here in Belgium. And we were working for a lot of content marketeers and publishers. And we always saw that, you know, the strategy parts when defining content strategy it works great because it's all theory you do your keyword research you start you know doing your topics and so on but once you start executing on that strategy then it gets messy like people start sending word documents back and forth through email you have all the different versions you have to optimize that with seo in another for seo and another tool you have to copy paste that on all these multiple channels have to adjust layout and images all over again so it's like time-consuming activity. So we thought, oh, let's automate that process. Let's make sure it's like super easy and very nice to work with. My idea as a, like I'm originally a designer as well. And my idea is always making something simple out of a very complex process. This is what designers should do. And this is what we did actually. And this is how we, the idea was born. Let's say what we did like then is we wanted to validate that idea, right? So we wanted to and just see if there is a demand for this. So we had first step that we actually did is, you yeah, know, we did a bunch of stuff, which I'm going to tell you about, but I just want to say that we grew to where we are in a sh- pretty short matter of time. If you look to European standards, where there are very small markets from with zero marketing costs, with zero budget, no one knows about us anything. And we grew to, we launched our MVP, I think in two thousand. Seventeen, our first version. Then, after a year or so, we had our ten, twenty customers, and then we started going very fast. And now we are approaching our second uh, million of annual current revenue. We're, uh, we have a very low churn rate. We have a bunch of processes in place, and we raised about five million euros. Basically, we used marketing as an engine, content marketing as an engine. We had no marketing budget, and we're still a very small company in terms of team members, but it's all like the power of content, the power of marketing, the power of things that it's what brought us there. And we don't have a sales team, uh, like an outbound sales team. We grew with, you know, all inbound leads that are coming in and we make sure they're all processed in the correct way and they're contacted in the correct way, but, uh, this is just something I wanted to mention, but what we did, we took actually, I would summarize that in kind of seven steps that we did to let's say, get to our first hundreds, 10,000 customers. We took the same route and, uh, without any sales team. So first of all, step one, it was before launching our MVP, actually before even programming a single line of code, we had to validate our idea and our idea is simple. It's like one slide, uh, where you see a chaos when it comes to content collaboration and publishing. You have feedback coming all, all over the place and, you know, you have all the different channels. And on the right side, you have like a diagram when you see a centralized process, like a story chief in the middle and all your channels around it and all the processes around it from one place. And this is basically our story from chaos to structured work, right? And what we, second step that we do did is we worked very hard from day one on our branding. And this is very, very important. A lot of startups forget about that, but we worked hard to, have a name, story chief, which is now, and it was a long process to get that name because we validated like thousands of different combinations, word combinations, you know, it's a part of the brand strategy and you have to test it, you know, trademarks, you have to taste it on the main. Like if you have a name that already, maybe there's a movie about it and you have the same name, then your, your brand will not pop up on Google. So stuff like that, you know, it's very important. And basically what we did for, without writing still no line of code. We knew more or less how it's going to be built, but we didn't write anything. We created a landing page with our brand, with the screenshots of how product will look like. And there was only one form, one button is to get early access when the product was going to be launched. These are the first two steps we took. And then basically what we did, uh, step three, is we went out there and we started pitching our local magazines. Let's say it's like tech crunch of Belgium, you know, you have tech crunches in every country, the the mini versions of it. So we started pitching it everywhere. And uh, we got accepted in one of these outlets in Belgium, which is pretty okay-ish, pretty big. And they wrote an article about us. And this is how it all started. They wrote an article. And um, I remember coming to the office after the article was published at like 9 a.m. And the article was published around you know, a bit earlier in the morning. And this form on our landing page, it was connected to our Slack. So I'm coming into the office and I'm hearing like all these Slack notifications coming in. I was like, Oh, what's that? And I was looking and it was like all the people filling in their email addresses to get that early access. I was like, Oh, okay. Interesting. And we got like 900 leads in you know, a couple of days. And for us, it was first validation, like, okay, let's start building our MVP. So after I think it took us like eight months to 10 months to build our first MVP, you know, very basic product, but we didn't waste any time. And this is step four, which is a very crucial step is actually while our dev team was working on MVP, um, I took contact with, I called every one of these leads. I mailed them. We talked and as, basically I, I did four things. First, I asked, how their current process looks like today, what their current pain points are. And I pitched Story Chief and asked for their feedback. And I didn't sell anything. I just created relationships. I didn't say, oh, you, we have this, buy it, you know. I was just pitching our idea and validating, still kept validating my idea with them and asked the feedback. And based on their feedback, we started launching new features and, and so on. But in meanwhile, we'd also created a blog where we started talking about, you know, solutions to the pain points that my leads have described. So this was our first content strategy. And then every blog post, we had a lead capture form to get back to our product and so on. Then I was, you know, creating a lot of uh, LinkedIn posts, sharing my journey. I kept working on the landing pages on the website. This is very, very important. And for people who are just starting, this is a tip of advice I always give to everyone who I know who starts is before you get to your 10 or 20 K in MRR, don't over strategize these things. Just get out there and do it. Execute. It's all about execution. You have like tons of ideas. I can generate hundreds of great SaaS ideas every day, but it's all about execution. Ideas are worth nothing. And don't be scared to fail. I mean, just do it. Tell everyone what you're building, share your ideas, share your progress, be transparent. and as we call it, market the shit out of it. This is what we did without any complex strategies or marketing budgets or CMOS in place. And founders are the first one who need to do this. So basically, after we talked, talked and talked, and Repeat was launched, we suddenly got like first maybe five customers because of these of all these leads, you know. But we still kept getting feedback, and after a while, we grew. To I don't know maybe 20 30 customers just by talking to this initial lead and updating them on the feature requests and product uh, things like all about the talking with these early adopters who gave you feedback and actually executing on that feedback and they made them very happy and they that made them buy. So basically, then the next step we took is once the product more was more or less solid, our goal was to generate as much backlinks and reviews as possible online. And we actually did a lifetime deal, which was a great validation, whether or not our product is strong enough. We used AppSumo for that. We were sold out in like three weeks. We sold 6,000 licenses. And we don't even count these people as customers because they're great first adopters. It's one off sale, but it's still, I will always thank them still because it got us initial backlinks, initial reviews, positive reviews. We got a lot of bug fixes. Our help desk articles blew up. It started living. But the cool thing about this is we're just generating backlinks, basically, in reviews. And what we did afterwards, we started an affiliate program. And a lot of audience from that lifetime deal, from these lifetime deals became our affiliates now. So we have a running affiliate channel. We actually generate a lot of revenue, which is recurrent uh, because other people are writing about us and again, creating more backlinks. Another thing that we did to generate backlinks is doing a lot of launches of product hunt. So we launched 25 times on product hunts and we became six times in like top five or product of the day thing. And every time you get there, you go to their mailing to, which goes to thousands of or hundreds of thousands of early adopters, which is also. Like, it's still generating a lot of traffic from that. And what we actually did is we created a lot of free products that are related to our main product. For example, we created a Chrome extension that helps you to create uh, carousels out of Twitter threads, which is a free tool. Or we created a free tool to check your SEO while you're writing in Google Docs in just a Chrome extension. And these things. Because it's free and it's useful, it gets picked up by, for example, we got picked up by a media outlet in France and we got like 500 leads in one day from Paris. I was like, oh, where is it coming from? Oh, this is from that launch. And this also like brings your domain reputation up. So all of the things, by the time like you have a blog, it starts generating SEO traffic, you have a nice website, it starts generating traffic. You have all these backlinks, people writing about you, all these launches, product hunt launches product reviews on uh, product sites like G2 or Captera, And that brought us to the place where we got, where our domain authority is above 70 right now, which is okay. And we have like 700,000 backlinks all for free without any marketing, huge marketing, you know, budget. We never pitch for, like, we never would do an outbound mailing to, hey, can you put a backlink? to sorry, Chief, like makes no sense. No, we give something, we create value, we give, create freebie, freemium tools, and and just make sure people love it and the backlinks will come themselves.
1: This is a very interesting and actionable strategy that you've implemented, which yielded the results you were looking for. How long did it take you to land your first 100 paying customers? I've seen you've done a lot of things sequentially and in parallel. How long Did it take you to actually make it fruitful to get to the hundreds?
0: Yeah, it's actually, I'm I'm just looking up the metrics, (laughs) but, uh, it is way, so it is way slower than you think. Let's say we got our MVP was our first customer was in April, 2017 and our first hundred customers were in October. 2018.
1: So, at least one year. Yeah, at least one. That's year. the important thing. That's the message that it takes time, it needs patience, it needs a lot of trial and error. You mentioned Product Hunt, you launched 25 times, six of them actually were maybe in the top five. And what did you learn from Product Hunt? What advice can you give someone launching on Product Hunt to optimize? Other than the product, definitely, if the product is not good, no one's going to pick it up, but there are certain, let's say, best practices you can follow.
0: Yeah. I wouldn't rely on Perth Hunt as much. It depends what product you have, right? So we started out as very low touch sales products, a very cheap product. we had a premium model and we are moving up market today, we sell like 2000 a month licenses. It's a totally different story. It's, it's an evolution that you go through. But um, if you're selling like a high ACV product, don't market your product on Product Hunt. It's better to think of Product Hunt as a channel to generate backlinks, not customers. Create a lot of you know freebies, freemium tools for your audience, and launch it there or knowledge uh, that you can share. But what we learned, like our first launch on Product Hunt was we launched, we basically launched a product and it worked very well. We ended up with like second of the day, but then we got a few customers out of it was cool. but then we started creating these freebies and site projects, which take maybe, you know, three, four days to make, or sometimes you can go to Upwork, you know, hire some freelance developer to be, build a Chrome extension for you. But it works way better for our audience, for us personally than promoting our product. Of course you have lucky ones who have a great viral products like, I don't know, Slack or something else. We are not in that category. So we have to work hard to get least. But I just say, think of product hunt as it's not a, what it was before, let's say it's not the same what it was five years ago, like five or 10 years ago, it was really exclusive. It was hard to get in there and that way it made it like really nice when you got there. and the traffic and the feedback was way higher. You could get like 20,000 clicks on your website in one day. While now it's not what it was before. And we think of it as just one of the many channels to publish something when we launch something. But it's definitely nice because it has the audience of early adopters and people are like really willing to give you feedback and try a product. So, But if you're selling like a high-ticket SaaS, it's not a place to be there. Just launch maybe some cheap or small things around your product on, on it. It's always nice because it's a combination of all these things. It's a combination of your content strategy, your website, your backlinks, and because of that, you create a steady inflow of traffic and a steady conversion rate, which gives you a steady amount of leads every day, every month. Even if your marketing breaks, if you don't do nothing with mar- if you don't post anything new for like three months or six months, it will still keep ringing your leads every day.
1: I have a follow-up question on your early press release that generated 900 leads. Is there anything specific that you've done or written in that press release that generated this type of uh, leads from one article, I believe? Because a lot of these press releases, you launch them out, they get picked up, but there's no actual lead generation that comes from there.
0: Yeah. So what we did is actually... We didn't write a press release and send it to anyone. We just pitched our project to uh, press outlets. It worked back then, not sure if it will still work today. Probably yes, but I think it's important to have some kind of relationship with journalists before. Like if you already have an idea, con- you know, connect to the journalists or you want to be uh, find journalists that journalist that's written similar stories, connect with them, you know, give them some value give them some tips and tricks that they always look into write interesting stories. And once you have something, just contact them and ask to have an interview. And it works way better than just sending out a press release, maybe just a small interview of, I don't know, 30 minutes. And the story, I think we got lucky because our story was really needed. And a lot of marketing teams recognized the pain point that they're having in our story. And there was like, oh, I want to try it. You know, if you're writing something which is really vague or just talks about you the whole time, it will not bring a lot of leads. But if you are describing solutions that for problems that people are actually having, then the chances that you will get leads out of it way become way bigger. And this is important. I see a lot of people creating their articles or LinkedIn posts about stuff that are like, why should I be, why should I care? And same with the press, right? Um, actually like no one cares if you raised 10 million euros if no one knows you right but it's all about who is your audience first and not only who's your audience but whose hair is on fire today and you have a fire distinguisher for it and you have to find these people your solution should be solving that problem of people who needs that today now and i think we nailed that in our first press release we really talked about Hard problems people are having because we saw them ourselves, and we, said we have a solution for it. Try it, and people like there was no backlink to our landing page, but people started looking for it on Google. And, and you have to be prepared to have like a nice landing page in there. But and people started googling it, and they found it, and then they start filling in because they read an article. I think describing, giving solutions to problems that people are having like right now, uh, is very very important.
1: Amazing stuff, Valerie. What skill has served you the most in your entrepreneurial journey?
0: I think if you look at the early stages, when we just founded, it, I think we had a nice power of founders uh, combination. So we are three founders. My two founders are engineers. One of them like a real deep backend engineer. Another one is more marketing driven engineer, more like a front end, makes things pretty. And I think very important skill to have and luckily I had that because this is what, this is what I studied this is what I did like for 10 years is my skill was design make it beautiful and this is still our goal. like when you create software make sure it's, it's beautiful. people love make make sure it's simple to use. And I think the combination of three of us was our unique skill that made story chief stand out especially because we spent a lot of time on branding and layout and logo before and the first initial screens of the tool it made people think oh wow it's so fresh it's so like modern and i really want to try it i think it was this skill of creating out of 10 clicks one click i think hire a product nice product manager if you <laughs> if you can design yourself and a great UX, a ui person when you start super point well, at
1: least thank you the for us Thank you for sharing this, Valerie. One last question. What's next for Story Sheet?
0: Yeah. Our next goal is actually a scale of processes that we have already. We are still a small team. We raised in total about 5 million euros so far. Our last round was 3.4 a couple of months ago, and now we are ready to actually go to the next level. And since we exist, we have clear processes for marketing, we have clear processes for sales. We have process for customer retention and product as well and now we're just hiring hiring the whole time uh, it's full-time hiring and uh, we're opening our US office early next year so we start operating from there as well and uh, we have customers come from all over, all, all over the world inbound this is the power of marketing and inbound uh, you don't really have control about it we just write everything in English but uh, now we are going to Also create an SDR process for sales, demand generation, do a lot of experiments with paid advertising and so on, and actually scaling our team, scaling sales, scaling everything that we already have and all the learnings that we already have. And actually our goal is to become a leader in the content marketing, content operation space, and there is still room for that.
1: Thank you, Valerie, for being part of our show. We wish you the best of luck.
0: Awesome. Thanks for having me. Hope it helps. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to The First 100. We hope it inspired you in your journey. If you're enjoying the podcast, please subscribe to our podcast on Apple iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or Spotify, and share it with a friend starting their entrepreneurship journey. Leave us a five-star review. Your support will help spread our podcast to more viewers.